Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Okay, so I'm reading this book right now called Small Favors. Um, Ooh. It's like, did you ever watch The Village by M. Shyamalan? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's kind of like that. They, I'm not sure what the time period is, but it's kind of like 1800s. I'm not sure when The Village took place, because it felt like 1500, and then there was cars suddenly. Right, because, yeah, like, that was the whole point. It's like, the, it was a very kind of old-timey sort of town, and they were surrounded by these woods that had these monsters in them, so they couldn't leave. Yeah. Like, very similar premise for this one. It's, like, this girl and her family, and they just live in this town, and everybody's, like, super hunky-dory, and then bad shit starts happening, and then everybody, like, starts turning on each other. It's actually, like, really compelling. So I am reading this book right now. Other than the book that Jeff gave me, which I'm almost done with. Shut up, Jeff. Don't look at me. Um, but the other, 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 other book that I'm reading right now that is one that I've wanted to, like, recommend to you, but not until I'm done. Because, like, I feel like I feel like it could be, like, turn bad. Okay. But I've wanted to recommend it to you. I am... I will tell you how far I am into it. And this is going to fuck me up because now I've just closed Silver Star. So when <laughs> oh, no. I go to read the interstitial, <laughs> Whoops. it's going to fuck me up. It is, uh, let's see, I'm almost halfway down. I'm 43% of the way through it. But it's called Stay and Fight by Madeline Fitch. Two Fs. Fitch. Have you heard of this book? Yeah, Stay and Fight. I haven't heard of this. So, again, I'm only halfway through it. Okay. But it was on like a... There was, like, this interview that somebody was doing with librarians of, like, what... They asked him a bunch of questions, but one of them was, what book would you want to go back and read again for the first time? Mm-hmm. And they said this book, Stay and Fight, and it's it's about, like, just basically it's, like, man versus the land. Like, Ooh. but it's these women. So it's, like, this uh, couple that's a lesbian couple that has a baby... And then this one woman that moves out with her boyfriend and he she buys the land like off of money she got from a relative dying. And then like they join forces because like the girl doesn't like know anything. But it's not like they join forces and they're all happy. It's all about like the fighting and the strife and the struggle of like living together over years and then like becoming comfortable in these relationships that are really tenuous. It's a really interesting read so far and I've really liked it. Okay. And I keep thinking, like, I want to recommend this to Casey to talk to her about it. But, like, it's it's one of those books that as I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm so scared that it's going to go bad at the end. Like, not bad, like, the storyline. Like, the book is just going to be not good. So I haven't recommended it to you yet. But now I'm telling you, maybe you should read it if you want, if it sounds interesting to you. Okay. I'm looking at the, the content warnings. Um, and that shouldn't be too bad. Depends on what I that is, though. Have no content warning. I've never read the content warnings for this book. Okay, yeah, I'll check it. I'm gonna add it to my thingy. 
Okay. I'm adding it. So far, it's just being like really compelling in a way that I can't explain. Okay. I'm excited. Oh no. Okay, good. I'm excited that you're excited. If it's really bad, I'm sorry. I knew that it could go bad, and I meant to finish it before saying anything. So, I mean, realistically, I'm probably not going to get around to it soon, so I will let you finish it first, and then you can tell me if it's bad, and then... Hell yeah. That will make me really excited, and I'll go read it. Excellent. I will finish Jeff's book first, though, which I am... Like, literally, I have, like, maybe 10% of the book left. I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) I'm just like, well. schedule time to finish that one. Put it on the calendar. Oh, I super do. That's the other thing is like this one I'm reading digitally. So like if I'm at the gym, I'll like read it on the okay. stair stepper for like yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. But like Jeff's book, I'm not going to sweat on it. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah. My phone, high tech, expensive digital thing will sweat on. Book? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you can wipe a phone off with a, with a cloth. Yeah. It's fine. For sure. There's a case for that. And then I, you know what the other one that I have on my nightstand is? Huh. Crooked Kingdom. No! Finish reading. No! <laughs> so those are all the god. books I'm reading right now outside of the books that I'm reading for podcasts. Oh my god. I was doing, um, for, for uh, this part of Silver Stars, I was actually doing, like, um, this thing where I was, like, drawing. I do, I do drawing for 20 minutes. I take, like, a little mini break and then I draw for another 20 minutes and then I take like a longer break every hour or so. And I was actually on my mini breaks. I was reading one chapter of silver stars at a time. So it was kind of like, it gave me an incentive to stop drawing. Cause sometimes I just like work through my timer and that's not good for me. Um, yeah. And I also like finish the book a lot faster. Cause I, yeah. Hell yeah. Usually I just like sit down and like, just like crank it out. But yeah, I kind of like uh, the way I did it. Maybe I'll keep doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I'm always afraid that if I stop reading a book, I'm going to like forget everything that happened and I'm going to like fall out of it and it's going to be really hard to get back into. It's not actually the case. I don't really have a problem with that. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I generally don't either. Like As soon as I'm back reading the plot, it like it all just spins back. Yeah. Which is nice. Oh. So the other thing about small favors, um, just going back to that briefly, is that the writing is okay, but the narrator of the audiobook has like this voice. I don't even know. Like she is just like she does like man voices, and she kind of like really gets like she has a very good range, um, and she does like these man voices, and I'm just kind of like. <laughs> Maybe I should try getting back into audiobooks, like, like with that. So I have an audiobook that Scott decided for when I very first bought my car that he was going to load the files in there because like he realized my car could store small amounts of files. Okay. But it's an audiobook that is not formatted in a way so that it's in mm-hmm. order. So every time it takes <laughs> Yeah, you see <laughs> no. where I'm going with this. Oh no. I have no idea what this book is. I've forgotten completely which one it is. But uh, every time my auxiliary or my Bluetooth won't connect fast enough, and I'm hitting that auxiliary button, it, starts- it comes on, it starts playing, and it'll just, like, literally, I'll be like, first of all, country comes on for reasons I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no country. And then it's like, 
the man did this thing in the country of Parsnithia and they went and the women's took to the skies oh and I'm like what the fuck so it's a high fantasy audiobook. it's a high fantasy fuck. audiobook oh shit cause Scott put it in my car of course it's a high fantasy yeah. audiobook it's Scott that was my initial suspicion but yes Parnithia yeah. Yeah, and I'm like literally like, what is? And it's it's the the guy, right? Like I I know it's not a singular guy, but it's the guy doing the audiobook narration for it. So like, it's like, like the a, author. No, it's it's like the guy that does the high fantasy books okay. from a certain era. Okay, okay, okay. So it's the very fancy speaking out loud in the very dramatic voice the whole time, but not changing for different characters. <laughs> Oh man, sweet! I like audiobooks because um, I can like get through them faster usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like sometimes the narrator like makes it a lot better, <laughs> and I, sometimes they can make it a lot yeah. worse too. Yeah, like I don't know. I have trouble getting into it because I feel like I just zone out after a while. Mm-hmm. Like if they've been going for a while, I'm just like mm-hmm. I still have to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, all the time. If I'm like doing something, I'm like reading something else. I can't read and listen at the same time, and and sometimes, yeah, it just terrifying. That being said, yeah, that's how I got through the Dresden Files, the first book of the Dresden Files. It was a very good narrator. Sometimes it's Stephen Fry. He did some of the Harry Potter books, I think, and his Hermione voice is great. Is it? Yeah. He gets all high up like this. I can't do it, but just imagine Stephen Fry doing a high little girl accent. It's great. It's delightful. I've been shagged by a rat. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And Ron, get that parrot off your head. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I just read this thing the other week that was like do you understand how irresponsible it is to put a boggart in the classroom with a bunch of children like with like ptsd specifically and just have that revealed to all their classmates like their greatest fears they're chill they're bullying children it was just this whole conversation about how irresponsible putting a boggart in a classroom was i love that we're like taking the harry potter series and just like pulling out all of the really bad shit that we overlooked as kids and being like, oh, this is really bad actually. Yep. <laughs> this would not fly in today's world. Nope. Oh, shit. Well, we could talk about a not shitty person. Okay. Keck. I dig it. I mean, oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Biggest realization with this particular section. I'm kind of okay with Rio and Jack now. Yeah! Come to my ship! <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I liked how this fucking went. I-, I was very pleased with that. I am so happy. I did... When Jack did his goodbye to Rio, I did want to, like, give him a noogie and a swirly and call him a fucking nerd. It's such a nerd shit to do. <laughs> like, where did that even come from? It's a dork. Such a dork. 
I love I love it. I love Rion Jack. I love Rion Jack so much. It's just like it just hasn't been anything for so long. And yep. I mean like how did it start? She was like, This dude's hot. Yep. And then she was She just, got drunk. They both got drunk. They both got drunk and made out with each other. And then it was yeah. like, ooh. Which is like, I think at least for me, that was like a rite of passage. Like, got you gotta get drunk, make out with the dude. Like, that's just how you do. Um, yeah. and, and then, and then there was just like nothing for so long. Yeah. And then th- we have like a nice, like meaningful scene where they do shit together, and they're in the same like shithole together, and they're just yeah. like comforting each other. And I'm just like, yes, this is this is what I wanted. <laughs> This is super what I, like, not only that, but, like, I appreciated the arc that, like, it wasn't focused on them, but there was a point in time when they first, like, the first time Rio shot somebody, where, like, Jack looked at her, like, judgingly, Mm -hmm. and then, like, over time, like, it's never, like, all of a sudden we're in Jack's perspective and, like, let's hear what he thinks about Rio, because it doesn't fucking matter what he thinks about Rio. Yeah. It's just, like, over time, he's just started respecting her more and more. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Ah, uh, and just like, I think her not having this like, schoolgirl kind of like, oh, I like him, but Strand, oh, but I can look at him, it's fine. Like having having the realization of like, okay, he probably just like follows me around and like appreciates me because I keep him alive and like I'm, I don't know, just something about it. I was like, okay, I'm on board with this now. Yes, I'm on board with it. I like that he pines after her, and she's like, I don't really yeah. want this right now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good fucking I love that. I love that. I, I love just, it so much. Oh, the character development has just been so fucking good. Surprisingly. Because yeah. <laughs> it's Michael Grant, who has previously failed as a character <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a weird, weird flush. <laughs> <laughs> it just got so intense, like so much shade, so much unneeded shade. Uh, got him. Yeah, got Michael Grant. <laughs> Look who has egg on his face now. Finally learned character development, Michael Grant. Animorphs effort was pithy. <laughs> I'm I'm being sarcastic, of course. <laughs> and Chanel, oh my God, her breakdown, her oh my God, oh. like, I, and we don't even get it from her perspective, I know. and that's such a huge moment. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Oh. Like I would have been mad also if like that's how they because, okay, I think. That our theory is correct. Like, we've gotten enough evidence now to be pretty confident that Jeannot is the writer of Frontline's series. So, like, everything is from her perspective, technically. But, like, we only see that in, like, the interstitials and the introductions. And, like, so it's like, oh, we never get to see this from her perspective. Technically, all of this is from her perspective. But, like, that was such a big moment to not be, like, suddenly in her head. But then that would break... (laughs) Yeah. The rules that yeah. we set for. Uh, that's what. Yeah. Uh, I was mad. 
<laughs> but uh, it was just, oh, I don't even know. Oh, and, yeah. oh God! Just everything. Ev- oh my God! Just everything, and like Frangie and Rainy too. Like fucking, I'm gonna rip my hair out. Ah. Yeah, and this was really Frangie and Rainy light. Like they only got like what one chapter each, and then the combo chapter. Yeah, but like the seeds that were planted for the, like yeah, <sighs> yeah. Oh my god. Rainy is like I'm genuinely extremely concerned for Rainy. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about her. I just the fucking like roller coaster of like, oh we were really concerned for Rio for a little bit, and like I still am, but like Rainy yeah. was like doing okay and now Rainy's like in the shitter and Rio's yeah. kinda coming up. Like, oof. I'm also very concerned for Frangie, but, like, not because of her actions mentally, but because, like, Frangie's, like, the outside forces that we are hearing about or, like, that are starting to, like, really come to the forefront of the narrative around her. Mm-hmm. It's also extremely concerning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what's going to happen. I I don't even know what's going to happen. And I... Uh, I'll save this thought to talk about at the end, and hopefully I remember to bring it up, but... I'm going to implore that you start summarizing. Alright, let's do it. So, we start with Rio and Jack. They're trying to head back across this river, because remember last time... Last time on Animorphs Anonymous, (laughs) uh, they were on the side of the bank with the Germans, and Rio just killed a German man. So they're trying to get across this river... Uh, but the current is very strong, and they have to really pick their spot because they're risking being pushed back to the German banks if, as they're trying to leave by the current. And also, there's many bodies floating past them, and Rio is afraid to look too closely in case she sees a familiar face. Uh, but they come to a part of a bank where it would it kind of turns back around, so they can try to like launch off, and hopefully the current will help them get to the next bank. It's still a real bad struggle, and they get really really wet and it's also cold outside so shit doesn't go great for them Uh, but they make it across the river they start trudging towards their camp as best as they can and they are freezing as they are crossing these fields in open spaces and getting colder and colder as they're walking in their soaking clothes and it didn't even occur to them that there might be landmines here until jack steps on one (laughs) that was so scared i it was terrifying Uh, So they've entered a literal goddamn minefield. So Rio backtracks where she came from and then like kind of follows in Jack's footsteps because he's already, as she puts it, already cleared that land. (laughs) And she gets to him and she starts feeling around his foot and realizing like, oh, you've only just brushed this like landmine, like don't move. So she grabs one of her own grenades. She tosses it. Grenades a dud doesn't even explode and jack's like well hopefully it was waterlogged and not that they're giving us shitty equipment it's probably (laughs) shitty equipment but all right uh and then she puts the pin in on the compressed area of the landmine and jack steps off of it and nothing happens yay she did it it good oh my god (laughs) but it was very tense oh man i was so scared i was like he's dead man yeah literally it was like 
this is the moment where like they have that tearful goodbye where they're like telling each other like Jack's gonna be like I always loved you this is great bye and Rio has yeah. to watch him blow up or or she has to like shoot him in the head or something oh no oh I was so concerned what? but it was fine it was fine they learned how to do this back in basic and Rainy's like thanks basic nice 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 so they continue on until they literally cannot walk anymore because they are so fucking cold. And they find like a little foxhole and they snuggle in close. And the only parts of their bodies that are warm is where they are touching. And Jack is like, this would almost be romantic if we weren't freezing to death. And if you didn't, you know, smell like a dirty sock and <laughs> we weren't covered in mud. <laughs> And Rio's response to this is just to be like, so anyways, do you miss England? And Jack's like, yup. <laughs> cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. And Rio's like, you know, you can go back there now, like, now that we're, like, right in range of the, the British army. And he's like, eh, I don't think so. And uh, then Jack, who is picking up what Rio's putting down with this conversation, says, so you are you engaged? <laughs> And Rio blurts out, we'll have sex once, shut up! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Rio, like, this just spins Rio into this, like, fucking thing of, like, are we engaged? We're not engaged. Clearly we're not engaged. She hasn't asked, but are we in love? Who knows if we're in love? We've had sex, but what does that mean? What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. <laughs> I love the transatlantic man was starting to break through again. <laughs> He's always there, just below the surface. <laughs> the transatlantic man. <laughs> I, d- I can't I stop it. doing it. This is like your, your Moon Knight situation. He just takes over. <laughs> I, I'm filled with transatlantic men, and I can't stop him. Anyways, um, maybe I was just made to do that voice. Maybe that was supposed to be the voice that I would do, and I fucked it up. Anyways, Rio's spinning out into this whole thing, and she comes to this conclusion that she says out loud to Jack, where she's like, I just don't think love is a thing I can do anymore. And Jack goes like full fucking Moulin Rouge. She's like, <laughs> love isn't a thing you do. Love is an all-consuming feeling. All when you you're in love, love, you can't be out of love. All you need is love. <laughs> oh my god, I literally... <laughs> yes. Shit. It was super Moulin Rouge. <laughs> All you need is love, but we're at war. All you need is love. <laughs> yeah, so it was very Oh my god. Oh god. Yep. And Rio, her response to this is just to laugh in his face and then like turn away from him so that like her back's pressed up against him now and he like slings his arm around her oh, stomach and Rio's like how do you even know about love and Rio- and Jack is like I just know <laughs> <laughs> it's so cheesy but I love it it's so cheesy I, it's very cute I was I thought it was very I is it was adorable and I loved it <laughs> so Moulin Rouge. It's so... Yes! Uh, and I just... I think I've said this before, but I love that it's basically like a gender swap of like 
existing media where it's like you got the stoic like man hero and you've got this girl who has to like ground him in his emotions and like remind him that there's love in the world and life is worth living and it's like completely reversed in these books and like we have two love interests it's like i just i love that i love it so much she oh my god no what have we done because now i'm like strand is the duke he just wants to take her away from all of her problems and jack is christian touched for the very first time (laughs) oh no oh no oh no oh no i did a bad thing we we did we did bad thing oh no what other what other people in this world would have the fucking audacity to accuse Michael Grant of writing a Moulin Rouge plot in his war book, though? Oh, my God. I just, like, maybe they were watching it the night before he started writing, you know what I mean? Like, some fucking <laughs> subliminal fucking shit came in there. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't even subliminal. Maybe he's like, I'm going to put this in my book. And like, it's just not, it's not an overlapping audience. I'm not yeah, concerned yeah. about it. <laughs> and here we are like, oh yeah, Jack's right there, right in the elephant. Yeah. He's going to sing her that love medley. Oh and then they're going to goddamn pitch a play. Oh my God. <laughs> the same story. Oh. It's the exact same story. I mean, okay, if we're talking about the movie, though, would it be inappropriate to start the opening of Silver Stars to, like, the, hey, sister souls, sister girls, like, would that be inappropriate? Oh, my God. I don't think so. Like, I think that could be kind of cool. Fuck yeah. And instead of in, like, sexy lingerie, they're just in, like, their army fatigues and they're, like, shooting guns and shit. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I can see it right now. It's like the close pans onto like the boots as they're walking and then like pan up and then like cut to like the net. And it would be like the army uniform versus like the medic versus like yeah. whatever Rainy's got. Go- and like then as it's like panning up to their faces. Oh my god, I can see the introduction Fuck right yeah. now. Make it. Make, Make it, it someone. Happen. Oh, god. shit. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> What have we written? <laughs> uh, this is going in the episode description. <laughs> Thank God. Tell everyone how this is the exact same story as Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Michael Grant wrote the best Moulin Rouge story of our time. <laughs> oh no. So exciting. Bombs are blowing up everywhere. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll work. I mean, honestly, though, if you had gotten the plan to take the monastery and put it, like, put the plan to that tune, mm-hmm. it's not inappropriate. Uh, no, stay. Like, it's... We, we must take this from the crowds. Do, do, do. I did it. Yep. You did. <laughs> uh Alright, should we go to chapter two? I suppose. Chapter two is where shit pops the fuck off for the rest of the book. And it never stops. Mm -hmm. So Rio and Jack head back to where their squad had been camped. And when they arrived, everybody's like, you're not dead! Uh, It seems like there was a couple theories floating around. Like they had been taken out at the same time that Jillian Magriff had. 
And then other people were taking bets on whether or not they were captured. And they're like, you guys are dicks. And uh, split up. Rio's like, I'm going to go hang out with Kat and Janot. Goodbye. And they had dug out a foxhole that they were working very hard to try and bail the water out of. But with all of the rain and the mud, it was just not possible. So they just kept digging water out of a hole. And it never left. It just kept filling up. Filling up. So then they just sat down in the mud. They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, until later on, an ammo truck comes past and just starts like, like here, here's all your shit. And uh, they start unloading it as fast as possible because they do not want to become a target for the Germans. And they get a crate of ammo that they shove down into their foxhole and it doesn't sink all the way. There's like three inches of like clean ammo box wood on the top and they're like this is great so they take turns sitting on it for like an hour at a time which is wild uh Uh, and the second it was rio's turn she fell asleep on it and kept waking up as she was like pitching this was written really really well like i felt this this scene me too oh my god i i do that on airplanes and i make this horrible snorting noise as i wake up like a fucking cartoon character and i scare the shit out of myself and no one's ever like looked at me but i'm sure they've heard it no they might have heard it but if they don't look at you it's not that bad yeah anyway it's great it was great but yeah so rio's like it's her like falling forward and then like jolting awake and Mm -hmm. you know almost falling face first in the mud but just saving herself uh, and then finally, Janot shakes her awake and is like, all right, your hour on the box is up. Get out of here. <laughs> and Rio's like, the hour of sleep I had made it worse, actually. Yep. Actually, now this is worse. <laughs> so she was more tired. And then they get the orders to move out. And Rio looks around and, like, from everywhere, this heavy rain is kind of starting to dissipate into this, like, spitting mist. And she watches all of these bodies rise up out of the mud. And it's like just this crazy, oh. surreal experience. It's, it's so cool, it's right? It's so fucking cool. It's so cool. Ah, oh. oh, man. Damn. So yeah, she watches like all of these people just like almost look like they're made of mud, like summoned up into this platoon. Uh, and then they head out for these bridges that they had strung across to German territory and, like, they know from the outset that this is not good. They're like, yeah, the Germans let them put those bridges up, and they're going to wait until a bunch of people are on the bridge, and they're going to shoot them, probably. Like, we're playing this as, like, oh, the Germans didn't see. We did good. No, they fucking know what's about to happen, and they're just going to use it to take a bunch of you out. Yep. So, yeah. So, uh, Rio's platoon pulled the second people to go. And so they watch as the first group begins to cross and when they're three quarters of the way across the germans just start open firing and like picking them off the bridge exactly like they said was gonna happen and they're watching like just all of these soldiers like falling into the river into the churning water dead or horrifically injured and then they just rush forward they just pell-mell force their way across the bridge next to the bridge through the river whatever people are getting shot down left and right because it's literally like they're just running an open you know, areas, no cover at all, nothing to hide them. Uh, but most of them managed to dodge and weave across the river 
And Rio gets across and hits the ground using the smoke to cover her movement. And she's like crawling forward. She describes it as practically swimming through the mud because it's so wet (laughs) until she makes it to this like German bunker. And she sneaks up over the top and the German begins to fire out of it. And Rio throws in a phosphorus grenade and all around her there's like firing and shit that's happening. And they took out the bunker with this phosphorus grenade. I think another person also throws a grenade in there that I didn't write down. Now that I'm thinking about this, I think there's a second one. Pang or BB or somebody. I think Pang was the one that threw it in there. Good good job note-taking, Alex. Way to fucking go. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. Anyways, they take the bunker, and the best slash worst part of this is that one of the Germans comes out of the bunker with his face, like, half melting off from this phosphorus grenade, and he's begging to be shot, and Rio just watches him, and somebody else, like, is the one that finally has to shoot him. Um, But we quickly find out that Rio's gun is jammed, so that was probably why she didn't shoot him. But from Rio's perspective, she just watched this guy do it and, like, didn't do shit. Like, it was great. Um, So they start moving forward again, and uh, lost my spot. Here we go. They pushed on, and Stick falls out of sight. He falls into a trench and is surrounded by three Germans. Rio wants to fire, but her gun is jammed up, and then she hears this pop, pop, pop. And when she looks up, Jeannot is there with a gun. She shot the three Germans and saved Stick. So they drag him out of there. And this is about when they realize, like, they had broken the German line. Like, they, those kids, our kids, mm-hmm. broke the German line. And they are fucking surrounded now because they're the only ones that broke the German line. <laughs> so now they're fucked. Um... And there, more people are, like, coming up behind them, but there's nobody there that's, like, following them to cover them. So Rio turns around and sees, like, Cole coming up with more people. And then Cole lets out this cry and sinks down because he was hit in the leg by a bullet. So Rio is, she's rushed over there to look to be like, yo, what the fuck? Are you, are you okay? And she sees that he took a bullet to, like, the meaty part of the leg. And she's like, this is a million dollar wound. Good job, buddy. (laughs) Like, nothing's broken. You get to go home. Congratulations. Um, And so Rio helps him back across the river. At this point, the bridge is so shot up. They're just using, like, a rope to, like, drag themselves across the river. There's nothing really left to, like, walk on. And they get him to an ambulance back on the U.S. side of the river. And they offer Cole pain meds. And he's like, not yet. I have to tell Rio something. (laughs) (laughs) And... He, what he tells her is basically that the orders are to keep going and Rio's like, um, how about no, actually? And he's like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep pushing. And Rio's like, well, I'm not going to do any of that. And Cole's like, you're going to be a great leader. And Rio's like, uh, the fuck? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. And he's like, oh yeah, but you're going to have to. So anyways, they load him up. Like this argument's still kind of happening, but like Cole is winning, obviously. And then Rio realizes as they're loading him up that, like, he's going. Like, he's going, going. Like, he's not... Cole has kept her safe the whole time. She has followed her dad's word to find your sergeant and stick to them. And now he's gone. And so she watches, like, literally as he's being driven off. She's like, bye. <laughs> bye. bye, Cole. And, uh, yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah. All right. And then she just turns around back into the fray and goes back up, crosses the river, gets to that bunker again. 
And they take up the position using this German bunker that they had cleared. And they, they're they like, finally, finally, it's our fucking time to shine. So you have Rio, Rio and Gear up top, Cat on the BAR, Genoa and Jack are laying down more fire. And this time it's the Germans who are like sneaking through the smoke. But Rio starts seeing them and she starts firing. And they have such a good advantage with like being on top and being covered and like just being able to observe what's going on around them that Rio can take them out. It says at a rate of for every two bullets fired, she is taking out a German soldier, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yeah. So uh, they're just literally taking their time picking him off. And it gets to the point where like, Rio, like, every time she misses is like, oh, and then she hits him. She's like, yes. And then somebody starts, like, cheering, just die, die, die. And they all start taking up this chant as they are shooting down German after German and just letting all of these moments of, like, slogging through the mud, getting shot and killed, just getting shot in open ground and slaughtered because they're in such a bad position. They let all of that rage boil over and just keep chanting die as they shoot everybody down there and it even like cat is even like standing up like helmet fucking gone shooting into these soldiers like no none of them care they just want to kill these guys and then the wind comes and clears some of the smoke and rio is pleased to see her targets multiply so they mow them down to the point where they actually begin to retreat and it's not a moment of elation because Rio, of course, is like, but the Germans retreating retreat to a fortified position. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And still they followed them. That's technically the end of that chapter. But like the next chapter is mm-hmm. the exact continuation of this. Yeah. So go for it. I'm just going to go for it. So they follow the Germans and keep clearing them and pushing them back and clearing them and pushing them back for days days with no sleep not like eating what they had on them which was like fucking nothing uh and stick keeps going to lieutenant stone and saying take us off the line take us off the line and like nope you're staying keep fighting and they push so far past the point of exhaustion that rio describes it as like a point where we couldn't think couldn't function couldn't live we were dead until stick would come and kick us and then we'd get up somehow and keep going (laughs) And they marched and fought for so many days that Rio lost track of the amount of days. Until suddenly, Stick said, we're being taken off the line. We have five minutes. So literally five minutes, get back. And finally, they are allowed to turn around and they are walking downhill. And Rio's like, not only has it literally been an uphill battle, they're literally, literally an uphill Mm -hmm. battle. So they're saying, finally, we're walking downhill and like we're going back. And as they are marching like back through these areas that they fought for, there's dead bodies just littering like the side of the road everywhere. And their clothes are tossed. People have like picked souvenirs off of them. There's bodies of soldiers that are propped up with cigarettes stuck comedically out of their mouths and like funny signs around their necks. There's like a headless body with a picture of Adolf Hitler stuck above it that was supposed to mean like, you know, death to Adolf and all that stuff. And Rio realizes, like, she is so desensitized to this that she's kind of like, yeah, I guess it's a funny sign. All right. And, like, just keeps walking. 
Um, they make it back to the makeshift camp and they find these tents that are actually dug out well. So like there's not water in them and they're taken to one and Rio is asleep before her head hits the cot. Like she's asleep midair over this cot. No idea how long she sleeps, wakes up in her boots and the mud on her is now dried. Like it dried while she slept. Um, Jeannot is on a cot next to her writing in the back of Magra's sketchbook, which Rio's like, well, that's weird. But not as weird as how clean she is and how nice that uniform is. <laughs> and Jano's like, hey, there's a shower here and it's for women from 10 until we could just make it if we leave now. So like they rush out of there and Rio, the first thing she does is rinse off, like just get water dumped on her. Just water is the first thing. And she finds some soap and she is like almost in tears over this soap she is like this is the first civilian thing that i have experienced in so long and i love this soap and this soap is everything to me and i care only about this soap forever <laughs> she loves the soap she really loves this soap rio plus soap forever rio plus soap the true otp of this book <laughs> rio and soap um but yeah, so she she cleans herself off. She stays as long as she can stand this freezing fucking cold water. And then uh, when she's done, there's Jeannot with like a brand new fucking uniform for her. And that is also amazing. Then they head to the mess tent where Rio finds powdered eggs. But like good eggs. Real, real fluffy biscuits. Real jam. Oof. It's... Amazing. Yeah. And then coffee. Actual, factual coffee. Hell yeah. The way this was written, there was so many exclamation points in parentheses. <laughs> there was! Oh my god, I noticed that! So exciting. Oh, I was excited. It was delightful. It was amazing. Uh, and then there's just like a really long paragraph about like Jeannot watching Rio shovel eggs into her mouth, which was like, alright, like clearly this made an impression on you. <laughs> You talk about it a lot. Anyways, she's a lot of fucking eggs. And then she heads back and Jeannot's like, let's get you back to sleep. And Rio's like, I'm not sleepy like a child. And then they get back and Rio's like, I'm just going to close my eyes for a minute. Went back the fuck to sleep. Yep. I take oh, a nap right hours. here. I take a nap right here. Oh my God. That gif is me. <laughs> I am that gif. <laughs> so Rio has, she falls asleep, wakes back up. Jeannot's asleep when she wakes up. And Rio has no idea like what time it is, how much time has passed, what's going on, what's happening. Uh, but Jack's awake and he is writing a letter. And so they start talking and they find like she finds out from Jack that it's been like three days since they got back. And they have literally like slept for like 24 hour increments like they slept forever. Um, and that it was about seven o'clock is, I believe, where we netted out on the time. Anyways, uh, Jack's awake writing a letter. And Rio's studying him as they have this conversation. And he's like cracking jokes and he's acting like himself. But she notices just how his like eyes look sunken in and dark and just troubled. Like mm -hmm. he has the look of a soldier. Mm -hmm. And then Jack informs her that the general wants to see her. And Rio's like, what the fuck am I in trouble for? Why is this happening to me? Why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> and Jack's like, it's probably not bad. And Rio's like, nope, this is terrible. This is the end for me. I'm going to go 
I wish Janot could come with me. This We're not children. This isn't the principal's office. I hate this. So she's like fighting down her anxiety, but she totally meanders. Like she gets a cup of coffee on the way. She's like, she's thinking of things to do on the way. Um, she has to ask for directions, but she does get to the tent. When she gets there, there's this strong smell of like fresh meat cooking. And she's like, great, I'm about to go watch this entitled fucking asshole eat a steak. I'm going to hate this guy. He doesn't know anything about our lives, blah, blah, blah. But when she gets in there, she's pleasantly surprised to find him eating shit on a shingle. Hell yeah. Which is creamed beef on toast. So now we officially know what Casey's mom made. Yep. Creamed beef. It is true. (laughs) I have had that. I don't know what creamed beef is it's like beef with cream it's like like legit that's it it's like a soupy situation i hate this like cream of beef like cream of mushroom (laughs) your face oh no cream of beef (laughs) what's it (laughs) you take the cow milk and you put the cow in the cow milk Like, technically, you're not wrong. It's just, it's horrible. It's a horrible thought. It's a bad thing. It's... You said a terrible thing. <laughs> All the words that came out of your mouth were awful. And it's not your fault. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Yep. Well, moving right along. Creamed beef. Creamed beef. On toast. Mm-hmm. Uh and she, so Rio's like looking around, like wanting to hate this guy, but she finds out the only like luxury that he has is cream in his coffee, which it's cream in his coffee. It's creamed. He took the cream. Uh, <laughs> he took the cream from so the now cream. he has beef coffee. <laughs> he scraped all the beef out of it and put it in his coffee. It's still gonna taste like beef. It's beef coffee. <laughs> Coffee's not vegetarian either. <laughs> Alex is covering her whole face. This time. I don't like. I think it's because like I can't imagine something worse than going to take a sip of oh. amazing, wonderful coffee, <laughs> and it tastes like beef. Ew. Ew. And then you find out you've drank beef. <laughs> I hate this. Oh no. Oh my god. It's not good. I hate it. <sighs> okay, well, anyways. After that horrible uh, situation. What's with the food crimes in this world? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, so Rio salutes this this general, and he stands up, like, mostly to be like, yeah, I accept your salute. Thanks. Sit back down. This is all good. And he launches right into why they are there. He's like, hey, you earned a medal, Silver Star, for your actions. And, like, he goes on for a bit, like, I just want you to know, I don't think women should be in the military overall because I wanted to spare the women from this terrible, terrible fate. I feel like they were better than men because war's a man's game. But now you're here. So, you know, and also I read your file and I think your accomplishments are amazing. And you earned this medal and probably a little more. And also, you're a sergeant now. And Rio's like, no, I don't want to be a sergeant. And he's like, well, you're doing it. 
And she tries to like negotiate with this guy, and he's like, "Nope, you're a sergeant. <laughs> Shut up." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and then he's like, "But don't even worry about it. Like before you even have to worry about it, you're gonna be trotted out to all of Britain and given your medal because you're like one of the first women to receive a silver star, and they're gonna make a rigmarole out of it." And Rio's like, "I fucking hate that." And he's like. Yup, dismissed. <laughs> this guy's kind of awesome. <laughs> he is kind of awesome. He's like, I don't really care what you want. <laughs> uh, uh, I just, I love the variety of different, like, commanding officers that we've gotten. Like, we've gotten yeah. a range of, like, good ones, really shitty ones, and kind of, like, indifferent sort of ones. It's just been delightful and infuriating. Yeah. And, like, I also... I'm I'm saying I like this from strictly a storytelling perspective. I'm not saying I like this, but I really like that uh, within that there's also like all the different opinions that you kind of see today about like women being in the military. Like this guy doesn't want them there because he's like, I wish to protect all women, which is shitty and terrible and problematic because like they don't need yeah. it. But like, I like that he's coming from that perspective and somebody else is like, women are weak and stupid and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which again is a shitty, terrible perspective. But I like that there's all those nuances within why these guys think women shouldn't be in the military, yeah. which is a different perspective from people that are fine with women being in the military. Like, yeah, there's all these facets. That's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. I like this guy. <laughs> mostly. I mostly like... I like that he just doesn't take any shit. Like, he doesn't directly argue with them or be a dick. He's just like, no, actually, it's this way. Like, the bar... Like, it doesn't... When we say we like a man, it's like we don't like him, but... He's so much better than so many of the other men in these books. So, like, that, I think that's where I'm coming from anyway. <laughs> it's like, okay, when I... everyone's still incredibly problematic, um, but, yeah. Like, when I'm saying I like a man, I mean I like what he's doing for the story. Yeah. I don't like his actions. Yeah. I probably don't like him for the most part. Yeah. Herkmeyer, Jack... I kind of like those Cole, guys. Cole, we love. Yeah, Cole, we love. Stick's turning out okay. I do like Stick. And Pang. And and Bebe. And Pang. Bebe! Gear can yeah, go die. Yeah, so there's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gear can go die. I really don't care at all about Gear. Which is, like, also interesting that they keep getting paired up and they do work well together. Are they going to be besties? By the end. No, there's no fucking oh way. There's no fucking way. Is this going to be a whole, like, racist southern white guy realizes that he was a dick? Is this part of the gear redemption arc? <laughs> <sighs> no. Uh. In my head, all that was was that TikTok sound, like, men are stupid and I don't respect them. <laughs> <laughs> what kind? Is there anything worse than seeing a grown man? No. Throw a tantrum? Oh, go on. <laughs> I love that video so much. Okay, so I sent that one to Jeff, and then I sent another uh, similar... Oh, the video to Jeff about, like, when you criticize a man, or, like, when you 
when you nag a man, all they're hearing is criticism. And it was like one of those videos that was going to go on to be like, here's how to engage with a man so that you don't like hurt his pride. But like somebody immediately like smash cuts into the thing. And he's like, and they're like, yeah, that's because I am criticizing him. (laughs) (laughs) And I sent it to Jeff and Jeff was like, what are you trying to tell me, Alex? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. I thought you were cool and wanted my videos. was extending my tiktok service to you yeah exactly <laughs> my favorite tiktok service oh it's a very intense service that i provide for people curated tiktoks playlist <laughs> from my curated tiktoks <laughs> playlist it's perfect for me because we love the same things yeah 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 it's awesome all right where the fuck were we uh so rio gets back to everybody and she's like not she's clearly hesitant to talk about what just happened but they all know like somehow they know so they get back and rio's like no this it's fine nothing's happened and they're like we got a drink and they just literally like have one one alcohol yes this is my international symbol of alcohol is just holding a bottle, like miming sort of holding thing a bottle, miming holy one alcohol. Anyways, um, yeah. So like they literally just start drinking to Rio, and they're handing around this bottle, and they're all like mocking her and like doing their camaraderie shit, and like you know, it's clear that they're like happy for her, but it's gonna be weird because she's leaving, and uh. Rio's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to go be a sergeant. And when it's finally just her and Jeannot, they start having this conversation where Rio again starts saying, like, I'm not going anywhere. And Jeannot's like, yeah, you are. Like, you're leaving to go be a sergeant. You can't be with us and be a sergeant. We have one. Like, no. And Rio's protesting this, like, saying, like, we're, we we join together we stick together it's us and Jeannot's like no we haven't been getting a lot like we get on each other's nerves this hasn't been good and Rio's like no no we can it's fine you can be friends and have arguments that's like not friendship ending and Jeannot just like she's not like mean about it but she's very intense and she's just like I don't need you anymore though Like, you are a hero. That's great. I'm just like a dog-faced soldier. A pretty one, but still a dog-faced soldier. And I don't need you anymore. You go be a hero. I am good at this. Like, I'm not good like you, but I know how to be a soldier. And then she starts saying, and I'm going to die here. And Rio's like, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. And Janelle's like, no, I'm going to die here. And I'm not afraid of that. And once you stop fearing death, things just become easier. And then she starts saying, like, I just, I'm finally ready to leave you. Like, you're my brave, amazing best friend. But I don't need you anymore. And they kind of cut that conversation and go to the next morning where, like, they're saying these tearful goodbyes and everybody's, like, you know, wishing Rio well and blah, blah, blah. And Jack comes out holds his fist over his heart and bows to her and then just goes back in the tent and then Rio leaves. And I was like, okay, Janot's thing was amazing. 
What was that? You dork. You fucking dork. What? Ha- what? What high fantasy fucking Tolkien-esque elfin greeting thing was that? You have my sword. You and my ass. have my M16. Do you want... Do you want to know the last time I saw a grown-ass man put his hand over his heart and bow? Was it a LARP session? No, it was at the end of Return of the King. (laughs) (laughs) My friends, you about to know one. Yes, exactly. You knew exactly what I was talking about. Fucking. What happened? Listen, he's from Britain. He's from Britain and they all had swords and they did that because that's. Uh, you know, people from Britain aren't directly <laughs> one for one Lord of the Rings people. That's right. Most of them are Australian or Kiwis. That's right. For New Zealand. Well, where it was filmed. No. Hang on. Main cast. Yeah. Americans, okay. Yeah. Main cast. Brits. Americans. Irish, Brits. Scottish. Yeah. 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 But if we're going numbers. It's horse girls from New Zealand. Yeah. Because I think, like, Aomer and Theoda, all them might have been Australian. I don't know. I don't know. I have no I idea. Don't, I don't. Even, like, actors that I know know, like Vigo Mortensen, I don't fucking know. He's from, he's American, right? Yeah, I think so. Did yeah, he I'm do still, a like, British not. accent in the movies? No. no, he didn't. He did not. Because, like, Elijah Woods, who is American, did an accent. No, he sounded the same in Flipper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Mordor alone, Flipper. <laughs> I'm going to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert and you can't stop me. See? Same. Same accent. <laughs> of course you are. And I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. He did an accent. Sean Astin. He did an accent. Kind of. Like, because I'm imagining him, like, in. Mr. Frodo. Okay, uh, uh... I had some movie that I'm imagining him in that is an American movie. I don't think I've and seen I'm imagining him, him like. If I take one more step, Mr. Frodo, this is the farthest I'll ever he, be yeah. from home. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got fucking Billy Boyd in like full. Is he. He's Scottish, right? Is he Scottish or Irish? Anyway, full, full like bro. Like that. Yeah, full. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember from like the, um, the, the archives interviews where like I feel like Orlando Bloom and Sean Bean were from like North and South like London respectively and they they would like take the piss out of each other Uh, we should watch the because like I haven't seen Lord of the Rings in a while Mm -hmm. and then I really haven't seen like the the, like director's cuts and like the talk along sessions and And the interview with Elijah I've seen that recently. Yeah. I've seen that like in the last two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I think that's the last Lord of the Rings thing I've seen recently. But yeah, I oh man, so good. 
<sighs> the dolphin? He is dead. <laughs> Died in a car accident. Also, like, what a genius line of questioning is, do you wear wigs? <laughs> will you wear wigs? When will you wear wigs? <laughs> like, for anybody that's not deep in Lord of the Rings lore, they're gonna think that we're having strokes right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Like, Dan's gonna be like, Jesus Christ, how... how far do i have to fast forward to get through this go back to the war shit (laughs) yeah go back to the story Uh, what the fuck okay dan just for you all right fine i was gonna i was gonna become obstinate but i guess for dan (laughs) for dan anything he said i was right so now right i doesn't that's It's not the important part. The important part was somebody acknowledged in a public place that I was right. (laughs) Oh. All right. Let's visit Frangie. Frangie. Miss Frangie. Miss Frangie now. Miss Frangie. That is what she was known as now around the hospital because she is not a doctor or a nurse. She is a medic, though. But everybody just calls her Miss Frangie. I think, like, okay, it is disrespectful for sure, but like there are people that like for whatever reason something about them makes me call them like Miss something. Mm-hmm. I don't like they just have a thing. Like when when he said Miss Frangie, I'm like, yeah, I, I have exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. Not important. Do you do you ever feel that way about people calling them by like their full name, like John Cena, like, Vincent? like John Cena? You can't just call him John. <laughs> But, like, no, if he weren't a celebrity, if he were just, like, a friend named John Cena. I feel like... I feel like there's some. Yeah. I don't think in any of our immediately group of friends I can think of anybody. But there's definitely been people I've been, like... Well, there. there's also a component of, like, if you have an environment with more than one Matt, for instance, like, you kind of have to yeah. use last names. That's what I was just thinking, because, like... When we hang out with Scott's friend, oh. they there's 30 of them, but they all share three names. And it's Scott, Alex, and Dan. Mm-hmm. And those are the only three names for all of his friends. So, like, I do have to say first and last name for that. Because even if you start going, like, you know, oh, so-and-so's Dan or whatever. There's so many Dans that I can't remember what they're assigned to. So, yeah. like, <laughs> I do remember most of the Alexes. One of them is me. It is very confusing, though, because, like, I, in that group, I am not, like, the first Alex Prime, so I don't get the Alex designation. Mm. I get, like, I get the edited version. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. Aw. I am Alex Prime. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's the other one. Whatever. So, I have Austin, who's my Austin, Mm -hmm. and then there's other Austin, and we started calling him Lesser Austin. (laughs) Apparently that's mean. So then we had to change it and pick a different Austin designation for him. He is lesser Austin. It's just the truth. But we were told that's rude. And we can't say that to his face. Whatever. I, it's fine. I did, but then I was told to stop. (laughs) Yikes. Anyways. Yeah. 
Change your names, everybody, to something that only you know. <laughs> a single password <laughs> with uppercase and lowercase. And symbols and, and numbers. And symbols and numbers. You are now a Google-generated password. Hooray. That is your name. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations. I'm Okay. Miss Frangie, she is working at the hospital and she is treating a wound on a man's arm. He had been shot, but like straight up trick shot through the bones. Straight through the middle of the bones. Trick shot. Yeah, yeah he like had one bone chipped, but like it's straight up trick shot through his bones. It was great. And he's being a giant fucking baby about it. So Frangie is just kind of like, oh, you know, this is looking really great. I think the wound's going really well for you. Your bandages are clean. Smells good. The doctor will be in this afternoon to cut it off. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that. it was great. I love that humor so much. <laughs> so it was great. Uh, and then we find out a little bit about, like, what Franchi's been up to because she is, like, adrift. She's been waiting for orders. She's been asking, like, when am I going back? What's happening? What's going on? And nothing has come up. Nobody has any information for her. So we find out she's been, like, full-on fucking training on, like, the medical equipment. They're like, here's here's therapy equipment. And she's like, I am full-on rockying it right now. And she's, like, lost, like, 15 pounds, and she's getting super strong. Dang. It's crazy. Yeah. She's also been using that time to talk to her brother, who is <laughs> not, out of control. Not your favorite? <laughs> He's not my favorite. I mean, like, I don't mind him. I just, like, I every time he talks, you know when you're in a conversation with somebody that you don't want to be in, but they won't stop? <laughs> Don't stop talking about communism. <laughs> yeah. And like you've given all the social cues that you're done with the situation. Yeah. Sometimes I've been in this situation. I say, I'm done talking about this. I'm, I want to move on. And they don't. Mm. And like, he is that guy. Mm -hmm. He is, he is straight up that guy. So I hated that. Um, <laughs> But Frangie's like, oh, we're getting closer. This is great. This is wonderful. And she does find, like, some of the stuff that he's talking about, like, gets to her. Because he does bring up, like, news stories of, like, these bunch of white guys lynched a black guy in his uniform. Mm -hmm. And, like, the military did nothing about yeah. it because it was a crime against a black man. And, like, there is a place that hired a black person and, like, 25,000 white workers went on strike. Like, mm -hmm. there is shit going on. So some of those stories do get to Frangi, but she kind of has this, like, whole thing where she's like, but I know good white men and I know good white women and I know, like, people have the capability to change and, like, you know, I also know, like, bad people of all colors and blah 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 so like people inherently have the ability to change and become better so i want to choose to believe in god <laughs> and i didn't really follow the whole line of thought here but that's basically what happened so i think she's having like this whole train of thought while she's zoning out while harder is talking because then she like a guy drives up and is like hey 
you're summoned to the to the colonel's office. Almost said colonel. I was oh. saying colonel. <laughs> colonel's office. And she's like, oh, shit, this guy just drove up on my brother ranting about communism, and now I'm going to the office. Pretty good chances I'm going to the office for communism-related problems. Yeah. So she hops in the car, they head out, and uh, she's just, she's worried. This is not going well. She's driven to this office, she's dropped off. She sits down. And there's another soldier in the office who, like, huffs loudly and sits as far away from her as he possibly can. But there's a legit receptionist who brought her tea and was very nice to her. So Frangie just drank her tea quietly and waited and waited and waited and watched white men come in and out. People arrived after her. They left before her. They'd walk in. They'd be shown into the office while she just sits there Mm -hmm. waiting and waiting. And finally, at the last hour before the colonel is leaving, she gets called in. So she walks in, she goes up to that sort of invisible line and salutes. And the colonel doesn't acknowledge her salute. So she just has to hold it standing there. And he just starts going like, so how'd that soldier come to be trapped under a tank? And she's like, oh, well, we were walking along the side of the road. He's like, probably slacking off like they're want to do. Like people, like just racist shit terrible slurs and frangie starts going like oh no sir i think what happened was that they were walking alongside the tank and and the colonel goes are you arguing with me and she's like no and he's like he i i can't okay this makes me so mad basically what happens at this point is that this motherfucker and i i wrote motherfucker in my notes i feel very strongly (laughs) that i hate this guy He basically says, like, don't argue with me because if you argue with me and tell me I'm wrong, you're fucked. Like, I will I will fuck with you and like do whatever he can in his power to get her in trouble. And then he says that he used to own slaves, basically. he, He did. He owned slaves. And he said that none of them ever did a real day's work when picking cotton. And. Frangie is just forced to stand there and say, yes, sir, no, sir, as he spews this racist vitriol. And eventually he starts to, like, wrap it up. And he does so by saying, just so you know, this whole situation is a slap in the face to the white boys out there who are actually fighting and winning and that you're an abomination forced on me by the president's wife. And then he throws papers at Frangie. She tries to grab them, but misses, so has to, like, go down and pick them up off the floor. And then he says, get the hell off my base. And so she like bolts out of there because obviously she's not like comfortable in the situation. She's feeling horrible. She's like, she said something like, oh, I just like melted down to my boots. Like I did not want to be here. So she heads out. She has to walk home. There was no car waiting for her. Car that drove her in, gone. Her leg is still in a fucking cast. From, like, where the bone was shattered to pieces, you know, when she heroically fucking saved a bunch of dudes and got shot in the leg. So she's walking home in the dark, legs still in a cast, and she's trying to read these papers. And it took her most of the walk home to kind of parse out through all the official language, like, what this was. But it's orders to find transport, head out as soon as she can, and then that she'd be receiving a silver star. And she 
can't even believe it when she reads it. She, like, is just stunned. And then as she's reading it, like, the Silver Star Metal form lists out, like, what people said about her and, like, why she was put up for it. So she finds out through reading it that she remembers helping that one soldier and, like, you know, stitching up his stomach. Or not stitching up, but, like, helping him, him with his stomach that was, like, blown open. But she actually administered first aid to two more soldiers before she passed out that she doesn't even remember. Jesus. And she is stunned. So this chapter ends where she looks up at a horse standing in a field nearby and says, I wonder what harder will make of this. I'm like, you're right. Ask the horse. The horse <laughs> I was like, and the horse nodded. And the in horse nodded all knowingly. <laughs> ah, yes. I do. I also wonder what harder will make of this. Oh, uh, God. Like the comparison between... Rio receiving her silver star and Frangie hers is just like wow. It's insane. Yeah. Just yeah. I hate this guy so much. Yeah, and it goes back to what we were saying about like, you know, some of the commanding officers are really cool and some of them are pieces of shit. Literal pieces of shit. Ugh. Yeah. And I think we know how this guy feels about women already since he only messaged like, this is a slap in the face to the boys actually fighting the war. Yeah. The good old boys. Yeah. Maybe he'll die. I hope so. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I'll stand by that. Uh, yikes. Ugh. yikes a loo I loved the detail that she... Because, like, you know, we read her, you know, walking up to that guy and then just, like, passing out. The fact that she actually administered care to multiple people without even comprehending it is, like, that's such a cool detail. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's very cool. And, like, you know, the whole idea of, like, even if your mind isn't there, like, your your body goes on autopilot and, oh, God, it's just, it's so, uh... Yeah, because that's what she was always talking about, was, like, her body is on autopilot with medical stuff. Like, she has to do it no matter what's going on around her. All right, ready to talk about Brady? Oh, God. It starts with Colonel John Parkmeyer. Hey. Parkmeyer. Who visits Rainy every single day in her extremely elaborate room. <laughs> She's like... There's other rooms for people that need R&R that were tortured. They don't have balconies and expensive-ass real paintings, but this one's mine. I live in this room now. <laughs> and she's told that this painting is real and by a famous painter, but she's like, eh, this dude with his bulbous nose, I'm calling him Pip. <laughs> Pip. Pip, because he looks like a Pip. And so she just talks to Pip because if she leaves the room, other people stare at her with her bruises that are still visible and her hair just beginning to grow back in and all of the trauma. They stare at her. So she's like, I just stay in my room, talk to Pip and then John when he shows up. And today she's looking out the window as it's raining and the rain is like sheeting right in front of her face. And she sees Herkemeyer running through the garden with his briefcase held over his head to stave off the rain. She turns to Pip and she goes, it's a little early for lunch, isn't it? Well, you wouldn't know. Watches weren't invented in your time. <laughs> She's a very weird relationship with Pip. Ugh. His watches. It's fine. it's fine. So when Herkemeyer makes it upstairs, he greets Rainy the same way he always does. But Rainy can tell that he's got something on his mind. And so she invites him in 
and he launches into it immediately. He pulls a paper out of his briefcase and he's like, the president of the United States has awarded Rainy Schulterman a silver star. And he starts reading through like all of the reasons why. And Rainy is uncomfortable as this is happening. But then when he gets to torture it, like he, she's like, no, okay, stop this. And Rainy is very hesitant and Herkemeyer continues like, hey, this is the first time women would be receiving silver stars. Like, this is going to be so great for all of you. And she's like, oh, wait, there's other women. And he's like, yeah. She's like, well, OK, this is better now. Now I like this a little bit. And he's like, yeah. And then afterwards, you can go stateside and sell war bonds and try to entice women into the military. Ugh. And Rainy's like, hey, no. <laughs> and Herkemeyer kind of like splutters a bit like, what? What, what what do you mean no like you, you should do this and Rainy's like no no actually I'm not done I'm not done at all and John's like well I why like you you don't you've been tortured and everything you should go back and sell war bonds in the US and like live comfortably and Rainy like launches into this speech she's like i'm not done i've seen what the nazis really are like i've actually seen them i've listened to them pull the fingernails out of an old woman's hand and laugh as she screams i watch them drain the blood of countless victims and mock them i've seen the monsters they are i joined up with the military to kill nazis and i will kill nazis and if you kick me out now then i'll join i'll change my name and join the fucking GIs like fuck you and Herkemeyer is so taken aback by this like he is clearly coming from a place of like you have been through too much and you shouldn't be here anymore because you deserve to like have a break and Rainy is just scaring the shit out of him <laughs> and so this ends with Herkemeyer being like well I hope you reconsider uh, but if you don't I'm headed to England which is where the action's moving so hit me up. Like, that's straight up where this ends. Like, that's that's how that ends. Yep. It's very awkward. <laughs> it's awkward. It's awkward. Oh, shit. So, cut to the next day. Rainy, Frangie, and Rio are all together. Yay! They I all know. got the star. We're all in this together. together. <laughs> so they are in a small British town in a single room rented from a pub. There are two beds and a chair in this room. And Frangie's like, oh, I'll be taking the chair, I guess. And Rio's like, I got the floor. And Frangie's like, the floor. All right. And Rio's like, I've been sleeping in the mud and shit in my own like fecal matter. The floor is great. And Frangie's like, okay, well, why don't you take the floor tonight and I'll take the floor tomorrow night. And like, they're having this interaction because they know each other. That's kind of comfortable. Uh -huh. And Rainy is like off a little bit, not only because she's not as comfortable because she doesn't know them as well, but also she has this like thousand yard stare all the time now from everything that happened to her. So very belatedly, Rainy's like, oh, I could sleep on the floor. And Frangie's like, well, we could, we could draw straws. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> and like, She's just really not sure what to do because, like, she has all of these narratives going through her head of, like, 
I'm trying to be polite. These like Rio is my friend kind of, but then like harder is like, are you helping them with racism because you're literally submitting yourself to it? Like, blah, blah, blah. So like, she's like, what do I do? Um, but this is interrupted because the room is cold. So Rio's going to start a fire. Rio doesn't know what a flu is. Doesn't know how to open a flu. Doesn't know that a flu exists. So like, she just lights the shit on fire. And then Frangie's like, hey, did you open the flu? And Rio's like, the, the what? Oh my God. And uh, so, so you know, Frangie helps her. And after a while, they're like, let's go head downstairs. Like, fuck this. This is an awkward room. I hate it. Let's go somewhere <laughs> this else. This room is an awkward one. <laughs> this room is an awkward one. I'd like to leave. <laughs> so they go downstairs. Rio buys the first round and they start drinking. And Frangie does too after a little cajoling. I fucking love that. Me too. <laughs> Rio also orders some fish and chips, which I was jealous. I would really like some. Sounds great. Very great. Like, right now, I would like oh, some. I now, would, I would eat it. Yeah, I would now. fuck up some fish and chips right now. I would fuck up some fish and chips. Oh, I just want chips. I'm, ugh, I want french fries. Oh, my God. French fries, too. Anyway. Okay, so anyways. uh, Yeah, they get fish and chips. And they start talking about this idea of, like, Oh, did you get, like, asked to go around and, like, show off in, like, San Francisco and blah, blah, blah. Where are you thinking about doing it? And, like, Rio and Rainy are talking about this. And Franchi's just kind of like, you what the fuck now? And then they're like, wait, you weren't, they didn't ask you to do this? And Franchi's like, no. And Rio's like, why? Because you're black? Like, and she's, like, so out of the loop with this. And... Frangie is like, oh, dear, sweet child, you, yes, yes, that's precisely why. Like, you nailed it. Don't sound so shocked. I'm used to this shit. And then Rainy is, like, also not, she's not going at that angle, but she's like, hey, Rio, just so you know, if you do this, they're going to stuff your bra and put makeup on you and have you show off your legs. Like, just so you know, (laughs) that's what they're doing. And they just kind of spin off into this, like, angry and bitter bonding like they're (laughs) getting drunk and just bitching and like while they're doing that they're actually starting to get tipsy and some gis wander into this bar and like spot them and they come over to the table and one guy immediately like leans on the table is like hey this is like a lovely evening except for you know this black girl hanging out here and rio just swipes his hand out from under him and grabs the back of his head and smashes his face on the table is basically like you motherfucker you don't know shit she is amazing do you see that purple heart on her collar she fucking earned that saving people tomorrow there's gonna be a silver star you'll fucking learn some respect like rio is is off rio's fucking gone and, like, then one of the smarter friends in this group was, like, yeah, we'll, we'll be going now. And, like, collects his friend. He's, like, he's just he's just dumb. So we'll, we're out of here. And after this whole incident, Rainy was, like, I'm drunk. I cry when I'm drunk. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and, oh. like, Rio and Frangie are, like, we're glad the sad girl is gone. We like her. <laughs> we're sad she's gone. But we're happy she's gone. <laughs> This is my favorite summary. <laughs> <laughs> is I it? I just love this affect you've taken. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. That's great. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. 
this is it's just it's how it happens in my yeah. head. I'm no, sorry. it's great. I love it. Oh boy. I'm not. I'm not yanking your chain. I. I genuinely love it. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Uh. So yeah. So Rio and Franchi stay downstairs and they keep talking, but they're like not talking about family and friends. Or sorry, they're not talking about the war. They're like only talking about their family and friends and siblings in school. And they start talking about all of Franchi's animals back Aww. at home. And Rio has this moment of like, it's always about back home. <laughs> the next morning. A car picks them up and drives them out to this ceremony, which is at an Air Force base that they're stealing because there's a lot of space there and they can play a band. Or they can play a band. Jesus, they can have a band playing there. And they are kind of hungover. They're kind of not feeling great. Uh, we find out that Rio and Frangi did end up sharing a bed and Rainy had the other one. Uh, so nobody had to sleep on the floor. And... They get to this airbase, and as they get out of this car and they start, like, walking up to the bandstand, they hear this tune playing, and they're like, this is weirdly familiar. And they find out that, like, one of the, I can't remember, I think it was Rainy that remembers it. She was like, yeah, don't you guys remember? You were drunkenly singing with this band the night before in the club. (laughs) Don't you remember it? And that's the best. (laughs) Like, I'm so happy that happened. Anyways, they get up to this podium or the, this bandstand and they're standing up there at ease, which of course is just like slightly under at attention. Yep. And this car pulls up and fucking Patton himself gets out of this goddamn He's car. He's here. He's here. Here comes a general <laughs> Okay. Um, not that didn't happen, I swear. <laughs> and then a British lorry pulls up and they're and it's stunned as this young woman gets out of the car and Patton bows to her and then kisses her hand. And they're like, yo, that's the princess. The princess. The princess. And that gets a genuine smile from Rainy. This was written in a way where it was like cynical Rainy, like realizing like they were taking this seriously, that there was a princess here and that was important to her. In my mind, Rainy was just like little girl, like, oh my god, a princess! Oh, that's like, really cute. That's what I want, right? That's Isn't so that adorable? Cute. Oh my god, a real princess! Oh. oh my god, a real princess! Oh. oh my god! So I love that. That fan fiction that I spotted <laughs> in the moment. I love oh. that. <laughs> so they start the ceremony. It's like 20 minute speeches, blah, blah, blah. And finally, it's time to get their medals. And Patton walks up to Rainy first, pins the medal to her lapel, which is where they had to pin it to avoid the chest region. And as he walks away, he calls her sergeant and Rio's like, corporal, sir. And Patton like, backs up and is like, trying to like, give her shit, but then sees the princess so, like, he's about to launch into, like, what I assume is going to be a sick fucking burn. <laughs> and then he has to, like, stop. And he's like, if I call you sergeant, then you're fucking. So if I call you sergeant, you're sergeant. That's just how this works. <laughs> like, that's what he yeah. does. He, like, backs the fuck down. Uh, and then he, like, start. he's going to move on. But Princess Elizabeth steps up. And Rainy tries to, or Rainy, Jesus Christ, and Rio tries to bow, but blows it. Like, absolutely fucks <laughs> it up. Like, 
terribly fucks it up. And the princess just like brushes it off. She's like, you're American. We worked this out a long time ago. This is fine. Don't none of that. None of that bowing stuff. And then they move on to Rainy. Rainy gets her metal pinned. No further issues. But when Patton gets to Frangie, he's holding his breath like he doesn't want to be breathing the same air as her. And he starts saying like all the words correctly, but clearly he doesn't. He's not putting anything into this. But when the princess gets there, she takes both of Frangie's hands in her own and she's very emphatic and she's great. Uh, But quickly, it is all over. And they're on, they're back, getting back in the car. Everybody leaves. They're headed out. They're on their way back to their their rented pub room. And Rio looks out the window and sees the English channel. And she's like, hey, driver, pull over. I want to look closer at this channel. They all get out of the car and, like, are having this moment of, like, standing there observing these, like, gray waves and very scenic. I can see it all in my head. Very cinematic. And Rio's like, I don't want to be a sergeant. And Rainy starts joking, like, what? It's better pay. Why wouldn't you want to be a sergeant? But when Rio, like, emphasizes this again, Rainy's like, do you see over that direction? That is where France is. And in a few short weeks, there's going to be so many GIs over there storming those beaches. And those boys are young. They are clueless. And they are going to need somebody to help them through this to teach them how to survive this and to keep them alive because we don't have enough people trying to keep these boys alive. And do you know what they call those people? They call them sergeants. And Rio is like looking out over these waves and she starts with this picture of like her and Strand and like their relationship and like the babies they might have and the life they could live. And then it just kind of fades and she sees Jeannot, she sees Kat, she sees Stick and Gear and Jack. She sees Castle, Magraf, Tilo, and she's like, okay, I am dedicated to that and to these people, and I owe them that. And so Rainy's speech worked, but just in case, she goes, so what is the pay for sergeants, though? <laughs> and that's where we cut. Oh, yeah. Like, legit, that's where we cut from the story into the interstitial. Holy shit. Right? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. Okay, so interstitial time, kids. This is where it happens. Interstitial. 107th Evac Hospital, Wurzburg, Germany, April 1945. We did not take Montcasino. We did not take Montcasino, gentle reader. It took three more tries before Polish troops finally climbed the last bloody feet. By then, the bombers had come and obliterated the monastery. That was a pity, I suppose, especially since it didn't really help. But that's war, I guess. If you don't want to see your great old buildings blown to hell, don't start wars. General Mark Clark finally got his big moment of fame, capturing Rome. Yep, American forces took Rome on June 4th, 1944. The world had two days to give a damn, and then, well, you know what happened on June 6th, 1944. I call it justice. The great glory hound general had his glory dimmed. Too bad, he f- uh, too bad he left so many thousands of good men and women dead on the way. And they're still fighting in Italy, even with the Ruskies closing in on Berlin and the Americans racing to the wolf slayer. I don't know what history will have to say about the battles for Italy. But from where I sit, looks like a huge damned waste. But that's the word for all war, isn't it? Waste. 
Villages and towns and great cities turned to rubble. Civilians homeless, wandering the fields, trying to find a blade of grass to eat, waiting for sons and husbands who aren't ever coming home. In Italy, we had Brits, Canadians, Aussies, Kiwis, who came damn close to taking Casino when it was their turn. Men from every end of the French or British Empire, those crazy brave Poles, and us Americans. And yeah, eye ties and krauts too. Though don't expect me to shed a tear for them. Those fools who followed madmen and now sit hungry and cold in the destruction that they unleashed. Waste. A waste of staggering proportions. Oh well, forget I said that. It's all glory, kids. Nothing but glory. After all, gentle reader, they'll need you or your kids to be ready to fight the next war, right? We wouldn't want you to get the idea that your war will be a waste, right? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Put it all in a box, Sergeant Cole used to say. Put it all away and lock it up and don't open that box until... Until you're a wounded soldier sitting in a hospital with a typewriter. See, the thing is, it scares me. All that stuff I've put away. I thought maybe writing about it would let me get a handle on it. Well, fuck it all. It's not working. Too much. Just getting this far isn't isn't too much. And we've gotten to France yet, or Belgium, or Germany. I warned you there would be hate. I warned you. And by the time we were all done with our time in sunny, delightful Italy, we'd started to feel it. It's hard to kill a person you don't hate. A vicious cycle. Hate and killing, killing and hate. What a wonderful world. And more to come. Because next I will tell you about France and Belgium and Germany. I will take you to a beach named for a city in Nebraska. Omaha Beach, gentle reader. And the forest. And the bulge. And hell itself, which the crowds called Buchenwald. That's it. We did it. We did we it. Did our book. Book two. Yeah. Holy shit. So, what I found so fucking cool about the last chapters of this book was that all of our main characters, Rainy, Rio, Frangi, had a chance to say no and to mm-hmm. leave. And they all picked to stay. Mm-hmm. Shit. Shit. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and like, is it because this is their life now and they can't go back to real life? Is it that their job isn't done like Rainy? Um, and there's you know, more people that need their help. Like, there's so many reasons. So many reasons. <sighs> there are so many reasons. It's just, it's so cool. I don't know. I think that sort of thing is so mm-hmm. cool. I love our girls. Me too. <sighs> and I'm, I fucking love Jeannot's moment of like, oh, I don't need you. Yeah. Anymore. And, like, this whole time she was like, oh, I gotta hold on to Rio. Like, Rio's, you know, my only connection to home, and she's my only family. And and now she says, I don't need you anymore. And Rio's kind of, like, having the one having the problem. Like, oh, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I still need yeah. you. Like, Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> they kind of yeah. did a little sweatshirt there. I mean, not. They did do a sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah, especially when Rio, like, 
finally acknowledged that she was so scared that her friend was gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like that that kind of came into play a little bit more. Like when they were watching the bodies in the river, she was like, "This this can't be," you know, like this can't. Yeah. Uh... Holy shit! We just come so far since the first book. Yeah, like so. Oh my god. We've come so far. And, like, so many things have that, like, res- or that they were, like, hammering on early on have grown so exponentially. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, God. Like, the milkmaid thing. Like, just, Rio, you're such, like, you know, you're so dainty. You're so innocent, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, like, they... There was literally, like, parts in the bar where she's, like, drinking and swearing and they're all talking about war. Where they're, like, watching it transform minute to minute on oh her face. God. Where there's, like... Yeah, it's right? It's so cool! It's so cool. Uh, uh, inside you there are two Rios! Yeah. Oh. War Rio and Milkmaid Rio. Her house must not have had a fireplace, though. No, <laughs> no it must not have. I just think of... She did almost kill yeah, them all. I just I think of most, like, farm kind of houses having a fireplace in them. So when that happened, I was like, wait, what, Rio? You don't know what a place? Or, like, her dad never let her light it or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, to be fair... Um, to be fair, <laughs> we have a fireplace and we didn't touch it for like the first couple of years we lived here. And we were wondering like, why do so many bugs get in down here? Like, why do we get fucking hornets down here? Blah, blah, blah. It's because the fucking flu was open for like years. Yeah, yeah that'll do it. Yeah. So hopefully we won't get fucking wasps in the house this year hope you don't so i should not be flinging mud about fireplace knowing things because i don't know shit now you know and knowing is half the battle (laughs) gi a very relevant appropriate sound (laughs) clip actually oh yikes I'm so excited for the next part. I'm so what excited. What the fuck is even gonna happen? Saria's gonna go train some children. But she is a children. It's gonna be so weird to see Rio in a situation without all of the people that she has gone through this with. How are we gonna know what they get up to, though? I don't uh. know. I just don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe we get like a late cat edition or something. Oh, yeah. I dig get that. get a couple cat chapters. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Shit. I know. So, admittedly, I'm a dum-dum and I don't know many of the big major battle events that happened 
really in the entirety of the war, but like especially coming up, I'm like, okay, there's Dunkirk. Because I know that. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just trying to state it. <laughs> it's a trigger word for you now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Listen, I made one major mistake. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. Oh, shit. Um, you know, there's Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, there's the storming of Omaha Beach was a big okay. one too. Normandy, which I had to look up. Normandy, Normandy, uh, and then yeah, I I don't know. I'm I just I didn't listen. History wasn't my favorite subject in the schools, and I you know I did really well as a student. I did not retain a lot of that information. I'm sorry. Of a butthead. Nah. Ugh. I don't even know why you're saying this to me. When you brought up Dunkirk, it caused a visceral <laughs> reaction. Sorry. It's don't be sorry. It was my own stupidity. Oh. I was just trying things out in the moment. It's great. It was. It wasn't. I mean, it's great. It's very funny very in retrospect. Funny. Well, it's not funny if it makes but you sad. <laughs> it doesn't make me sad. It just reminds me every time of just how stupid <laughs> no. I am. Oh, shit. Uh, it's a prick. I don't think I have anything else. Like, I'm just, I'm just so excited for book yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, purple hearts. Purple hearts. We're all gonna get injured as shit. We're all gonna get shot. Well. Let's see. Rio's been shot. Rio's a purple heart. Mm-hmm. Franchi has a purple heart? I don't think Rio has a purple heart. Rio got shot in the leg. She did, but she didn't get a purple oh, heart. Oh, I thought, I thought you get a purple heart if you get shot, regardless. I Well, she didn't, like, report it to the appropriate Oh, because she was like, like they, I don't think but a scratch. Yeah. She was like, stitch me up. Let's, Let's go. Go. Okay. I don't know who has a purple heart. I guess people are going to get shot in the next book then. Yeah. Cause yeah. Franchi's the only one I think right now with a purple heart. Right. She got shot in the streets when she did her cool. Yeah. And blowed up. Yeah. She lost a finger. She did lose a finger. Well, it was just a pinky, right? On her non-dominant hand? I think it was a ring finger on her non-marrying hand. Okay. Right? Because you said you lost your ring finger, but don't worry, it's on the, the right side. Because so you're... you're a woman and clearly you need to get married yeah. someday to Sergeant Walter yeah. Green. Anyway. She did bring up that she was very worried about Walter I Green. I am too. We all are. He's another good guy. He's another good guy. I also really liked their uh, very short sergeant or whatever that was in charge of their <laughs> the guy that the was like guy. i don't like short people yeah the super short, short guy that then when jelly walked up and they're all like fuck you jelly and your long ass limbs <laughs> fuck you jelly. <laughs> fuck you jelly 
<laughs> Sorry. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Um, yeah. The next, next book. Join us for the next book! Do it! Oh my god, we're all gonna get even more traumatized, I'm sure. For the whole family. It's a family-friendly trauma book about war. Did you have any last thoughts you wanted to? I don't think so. I'm just excited. Me too. And scared. Yeah, that too. That too. Oof. Alright. Alright. Let's do the outro. Alright. If you want to tell me your thoughts on the entirety of Silver Stars, you can at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or go to Facebook and find us at Animorphs Anonymous, find us at Apple Grant Book Club, find us at the Andalite Bandalites page, which is our, our super secret, super awesome subgroup on Facebook, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Animorphs Anon at Apple Grant Cast. You can hit us up on Instagram at Apple Grant Cast or Animorphs Anonymous. Or you can fucking throw a paper into the air with our names written on it and hope that it gets to us. <laughs> send us a pigeon. Send us a pigeon. Send, You'll never get send it Alex a pigeon. Yeah. 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 Send. I I will return the pigeon. Alex will not. I won't return the pigeon. Yeah, the pigeon will just live there forever. Um. Yeah. Uh. Discord. We have one. People are there. They're all awesome. And we're there, and you can talk to us and all of those other cool people at the Discord that we have. This is a very good. The whole time <laughs> I'm just pitch. going, I want to be where the people are. <laughs> uh, um, you can get the link to that. If you head us up on any of our socials, we'll give it to you, the link. Mm-hmm. And um, if you miss. Our old episodes of Animorphs Anonymous. Good news! Go to YouTube and you can listen to those and they're going up every Wednesday and I'm actually in the mid-40s so those are like coming to an end soon and then you'll be able to binge all of them on the YouTubes. And you can go do that at Strong Shape International and you can also listen to some Catmaster Crisis. Yeah. Woohoo! Hell yeah. And we never say this, but uh, Casey's amazing drawings are the children that are on the YouTube videos that we have. So pretty good. Hey, what if I liked those drawings so much that I want more? I want more. Just continuing the Little Mermaid <laughs> theme. Um, I make and draw a webcomic that doesn't have mermaids in it. It does have yes. music and cute love. Uh, it's called B-Side You. Uh, you can go read it that for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. You can read it at Tapas and Webtoons. You can go to Patreon and you can be like, Casey, here. And you can hand me money and you can get early access pages and you can get work in progress pages and, and other bonus stuff that's probably coming. And, um, you can see them hold hands at some point before other people see that. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Uh, oh, that's at patreon.com slash kcdstudios. I did it again. <laughs> patreon.com slash kcdstudios. Also the home yep. of the Slater cast, which you Best can cast. get if you sign up for Casey's Patreon at the low, low price of $523.82 a month. 
Nice. That's where Dan and I talk about Slater because Dan and I know what's up. (laughs) Sorry, we're just really good at our jobs. It's 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 the place to go. It is the place to go. Thing to listen to, and it's wonderful. It's the people to beat. The place to be. Yes. God, I could listen to Alex talk all fucking day. I give me places i can hear you speak more now all right well listen if you're like alex i will listen to you talk but also can i get casey along for the ride yeah you know what this is a really backwards ass way of telling you to sign for the horse girls patreon what's horse girls you ask that is a podcast that i do with other people that like animorphs we don't talk about animorphs sometimes we do but that's accidental anyways (laughs) horse girls we cover off ya novels no one expected that, about horse girl books, (laughs) which is great, and we turn Tim into the real ultimate horse girl. Now, where does Casey come into play, you ask? Why, I'm glad you asked that of me. If you sign up for the Horse Girls Patreon, you can get episodes of a show that we like to call Horse Girls. The first one's actually in the live feed, so if you just want to get a taste (gasps) of that, if you want to sink your teeth into that one. Oh! I hate hate myself. (laughs) I hate myself so much. (laughs) No, it's so good! Uh, yeah, Casey joins us to read the Twilight books. So if you've appreciated over the years the dunks I've taken on Twilight, <laughs> you could sign up for that for hours on end. And Casey's there too. And so are Tim and Jenna. And those are all my favorite people. So hooray! it's great. I would say it's bloody amazing. Because <laughs> they're a vampire. I get it. Yes. Because of the blood that vampires drink. That joke is driving me bats. Oh! What is this bit? I don't know. What else are you on, podcast-wise? Oh. oh, man. I am on another podcast, slash Twitch stream, slash whatever, called Dungeons and Draken Beams, which is an Animorphs Dungeons and Dragons game where we play Dungeons and Dragons as Animorphs and it's in a homebrew world. It's Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and we play it together. I don't know why this is a song now, but <laughs> but the musical yeah. episode. The musical. <gasps> Can you guys do a musical? No. Oh my god. We did raps. Oh. It was bad enough. Oh. No, the raps are so the good. Raps anyway, terrible. Ah. Yeah, we did character raps. What of it? There you go. We did character raps, guys. You want to hear that? You can come listen to me rap my character-ish description. Ish. I I kind of went liberal with that assignment. But um, yeah, we we are very idiot teens in a very idiot world where we fight Yerks badly. You know, the huge. You get it. <laughs> um, What else am I on? I am on... Well, listen. We've told you about the Cadmus Crisis Boys. Sometimes I'm there, and it is the times that those podcasts come out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. (laughs) Delightful. That was the worst. (laughs) I think every week I'm in a competition with myself to see how much worse I can represent the things that I do. Oh no. Oh my god. It's yeah. Great. So those are those are my main my main things. Uh you can check out there's other stuff out there. 
that I've been on other podcasts and things, you will have to hit me up in the Discord to find out about those and ask me directly to my face. I fucking dare you. Oh. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) We're... Oh, thank you to Jess for awesome theme music that we love. We love it. Thanks, Jess. It's Reese on Twitter. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Okay. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna read Purple Hearts next. You should join us. Uh, it's gonna be horrible, I'm sure. It's gonna be amazing. Yes, and sad and mad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now my fucking air conditioner turns off. Thanks, bud. <laughs> read the room tone. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>